from Tony. My first story begins at my aunt and uncle's quiet farm. My cousin's son was running around the house laughing and smiling, as hyper as you could imagine a two-year-old to be. They have a nice big farmhouse that has a living room, dining room, and kitchen on the first floor, and the stairs leading to the second story are placed in the middle of the house, so he was literally running around. Everyone else who was home, I believe it was my aunt and cousin, were in the living room watching him run. He made his way out of the kitchen, into the dining room, then into the living room until he was back in the kitchen. My aunt and uncle waited to see him come out of the kitchen and go into the dining room, but he didn't. The laughing stopped. There were no sounds of movement. Just silence. About 30 seconds passed and he came out of the kitchen into the living room. He wasn't smiling. He wasn't laughing. He was just walking and staring at my aunt and cousin. There's a tall man in the kitchen, Mama, he said. Not even in a scared or sad voice, just calm and serious. My aunt and cousin got up as fast as they could, and when they got to the kitchen, there was no one. They didn't hear anything move as they ran to see. Just their ordinary kitchen. My second story was a first-hand account of what my friend and I saw one late night during a sleepover. He lived in a wooded area, out in Amish territory. I believe we had watched a couple of scary movies or videos beforehand, and were thinking of other activities we could do. We had gotten the idea to go check out an abandoned house that was no more than 0.3 miles away from his home. He had told me stories of some guy who lived there and had murdered his wife, and then put her in the shed outside of his house, so we thought it was the perfect place to see something spooky. We rolled up in my car. I remember the house being taller, maybe two stories with an attic. It was blood red, and the windows looked like tiny black squares of nothing. I had a flashlight that was able to adjust the circumference of light that I shined at the house. Nothing seemed out of the ordinary, and we thought about heading back. I was about done checking out the house when I saw two glowing orbs to the right of the house. I remember seeing the greenish tint of the orbs when I realized that they looked more like eyes. I looked closer and realized that those eyes were attached to a tall, dark figure. I didn't make out any other features of what we saw, but I remember this thing being tall. We compared it to the house and had to guess it was over six feet. As I went to adjust the light on the creature, it slowly moved its head behind the house, and we didn't see anything afterwards. We were immediately freaked out and drove back to his house for the night, while we tried to piece together what we might have seen. We never visited that place again. Lastly, this story happened to me, and I am the sole witness to this tale. I'm not sure if this has ever happened to anyone else or what it means, so here we go. I was taking my friend home from seeing a movie. It was probably close to 11 p.m. by the time we got to their house. We said our goodbyes, and I was on my way home. They lived no more than 10 minutes away from my house, so I was just cruising, and I drove through a deep fog that I hadn't recognized on my way there. I thought nothing of it. Maybe it had rained earlier or something, who knows. Halfway through the fog, I looked up near my rearview mirror, and I noticed something was coming into fruition on my car's windshield. When it became clear enough to see, there were three little handprints all facing different directions, but relatively close to each other. I thought, okay, my little brother who was five at the time was playing in my car and touched the windshield. So I went to touch the handprints, and I expected them to smear or be gone, but they were still there. It took me seconds to try the windshield wipers, and once the wipers reached the prints, they were gone. 
I raced home and got out of my car to check the roof or any other areas to see if handprints were elsewhere, but there were none. I went inside wondering what could have caused that, but nothing can explain it. Since then, nothing really interesting has happened to me, but I'm becoming more interested in the paranormal and would really like to capture something on film. Red by Alicia So my story starts from birth. I was the first grandchild. On my dad's side, my family is very Irish and comes with all the general superstitions regarding spirits. My grandmother on that side had a ghost friend she called Red. He had been with her since childhood, basically an imaginary friend who never left. When I was born, being the first grandchild, Red was apparently very excited. He loved to hang around me and scare the living daylights out of my mother. The house, an area my family lived in, was very haunted to begin with, and my mom and dad had the misfortune of living in the shoddily finished part of the basement. When I was born, I was lucky, and my nursery was upstairs, not in the basement of nightmares. My mom would routinely be home alone late into the night while my dad and grandfather worked. One particular night, she had put me to bed and then went downstairs to settle in herself. At some point in the night, she woke up to the sound of footsteps going up the basement stairs. She looked at the clock, and it was still too early for my dad to be home, so she started to panic, thinking someone had broken in. A bit of background. The house was built into a hillside, so the basement had a sliding glass door that led out onto a creek and basically wilds, since we were right on the edge of a nature preserve. So someone coming in the sliding door was very possible. She grabbed a bat and snuck upstairs, hoping to protect me from the intruder. As she reached the top of the step, she heard a sound that made her stop. It was baby me laughing. She rushed to my room, flung the door open, find me in my crib laughing with every single toy in my room going off. She knew immediately it was red. The next morning, she called my grandmother and said, Come get your damn ghost. The next adventure my mother had with red and probably cost her a few years off her life. It was the first winter storm of my life, I'm a June baby, it was a blizzard outside, and again my mom was home alone. Only this time it was the middle of the day. My mom had placed me in the middle of the bed with a barrier of pillows around me to keep me from rolling off while she was doing some cleaning. She hadn't left me alone long, but went to check in on me and have a break. When she entered the room, she found me missing from the bed. She freaked out. The baby fell off the bed, she thought, and she frantically searched the bed and floor. I wasn't there. She pulled all the covers off the bed. I wasn't there. Someone must have come and taken me, she thought. She called out to see if someone had come home. She was alone. She ran from room to room and didn't find me. She ran outside and around the house in the blizzard. The only prints in the snow were from her. I had disappeared. She called my dad and he rushed home. My family's not one to call the police unless absolutely necessary. In a panic, they both searched and my dad even upended the bed looking for me. I wasn't there. Someone had taken me, they thought. They went and grabbed the phone to call the police finally and walked back into the bedroom. Just before the phone connected, they found me, laying there on the upended bed, laughing. I had been gone for about two hours total. In Irish lore, it sounded to me like I should be a changeling, but to my dismay, I have yet to display any type of magical powers, so that's eh, kind of a bummer. They called my grandmother. Come get your damn ghost. My mom's last experience with Red happened at a family reunion in Tennessee. My mother and father were sleeping on an air mattress in my aunt's newly renovated attic. 
It had one of those big, classic southern-style bay windows with a seat in the window. My mom woke up the first night to find my dad sitting there, staring out the window. Dwayne, come back to bed, she called. He turned to look at her, then seemingly ignored her, and looked back out the window. Come back to bed, she called again. No response this time. She decided, oh well, let him look out the window then, and rolled over to get comfortable. When she rolled over, she came face to face with the sleeping form of my father. She tells me she never flipped over faster in her life. She looked back at the window and my dad was no longer there. The next morning, she was talking with my grandmother and asked her, I never thought to ask, but what does red look like? My grandmother laughed and said it was the weirdest thing, but red looked exactly like Dwayne, my father. That is why she named him Red. My father and Red both have red hair. This story was one of the ones that always creeped me out the most. I have never seen Red, but when I think back on memories from my childhood, I can't help but wonder, was it always my father in those memories? Or was it Red? I wish I could say that the story of Red was the last experience I had with spirits, but unfortunately I have found myself to be a bit of a medium, albeit an unwilling one. When I was around three, as far as I can remember, we were still living in the house and I had been moved to the creepy basement with my parents. My parents had me young, and they weren't the best at parenting. When it was bedtime, or they would have parties, they would put me downstairs alone and lock the basement door. Countless times I would cry at the door terrified, and they would just turn up their music and ignore me. Jesus Christ. All that said, it's not surprising I would have terrible night terrors. I would sit awake in the middle of their bed, covers around me, and wolves would come from the sliding basement door and circle the bed snarling and snapping at dark shadows that would circle outside them. I was terrified, but my parents would tell me it was just nightmares. After a while, we moved to a new town and a new house, and the terrors would change as I grew older. Scary things I'd seen in movies like Freddy Krueger would melt out of my wall or stand in my doorway staring at me. I was always too scared to stay in my own bed. Eventually, I grew out of the night terrors and instead picked up the lovely habit of sleepwalking. Many times, I would wake up in other rooms of my house, confused, made all the more unsettling by the fact that I slept on the top bunk of my bed. I would still see shadows and stuff at night and out of the corner of my eyes, but I was pretty used to them by now. Eventually, the sleepwalking stopped as well around the age of 12 and instead became insomnia. Outside of my poor sleep habits, the creepiest experience I had in my youth happened at my childhood friend's home. She had told me early on at one of our first sleepovers that she didn't like the bathroom in her home and it was creepy. The bathroom in her home was located in her room. The house was fairly old and the bathroom was a kind with a clawfoot tub and a large, thick door. It had two locks on it, a big, turning deadbolt type lock and one of the swinging latch hook types. There was a cabinet high up in one corner that creeped her out. She said it was almost impossible to open, but every morning they would find that cabinet wide open. When I went in the bathroom the first time, I got the creepiest vibes from it. It didn't feel comfortable. It felt like someone was watching you, which is the opposite of what you want in a bathroom. She also told me that at night she would hear heavy breathing. She used to share a room with her older sister and blame the breathing on her, but by this time her older sister had gone away to college, and she still heard the breathing. My little ghost-attracting butt did not want to have anything to do with her house. I made a point of never staying the night there. I would only stay at her house once a year for her birthday, and that was only because she would camp out in a tent in the yard. 
To put into perspective how creepy that bathroom was, I once peed my pants at her sleepover instead of going in there for one night. Like, not today, Satan. One day, in the middle of summer, we had just walked to her house from the public pool. We were around 13 at the time, and we were both in her bathroom cleaning up from the pool. She was sitting on the toilet, and I was looking in the mirror brushing out my hair, when all of a sudden the big old heavy bathroom door violently slammed shut. I jumped and turned, landing with my butt in the sink, and we both watched as the deadbolt lock on the inside of the door slammed into the lock position and the latch hook swung. Now, at this point from my position perched on the sink, I immediately ran through all the options of why that could have logically happened. Someone was home and slammed the door. Well, no one was home. A breeze or the air conditioning blew the door shut. Well, the windows were closed and the AC didn't blow near the door. Plus, the door was oversized and heavy. And even if I could rationalize the door closing, I couldn't rationalize away the door locking us in right in front of our eyes. My friend and I looked at each other in terror and silently agreed we had to get out of the bathroom. We rushed to the door, unlocked it, and threw it open. We dashed out into her living room and pressed ourselves into the corner of the room, staring at the doorway to her room and the bathroom. As we stared in silence, her dog walked out of her mother's room and looked at us like we were crazy. She proceeded to continue until she reached the doorway to the bathroom. Then she stopped and turned to the doorway, growling and foaming at the mouth. She fell to the ground in a seizure, and my friend and I lost it, screaming and crying. Her dog ended up being okay, but from that day on, she had a seizure problem. My friend continued to have many more instances with his ghost, including at stalking her and calling her from an abandoned house. The last I heard about it from her was she started hearing the breathing again, and now she refuses to talk about it. That makes me wonder what the hell happened. Hetty, from Deborah. I grew up just outside of San Francisco in Daly City slash Colma, known as City of the Dead because of all the cemeteries. There's more dead than living. My mom died when I was four years old, around 1978, and so my aunt and uncle took me from San Francisco to the Daly City area. They didn't believe I understood death or that my mom was gone to heaven. I did. I completely did. My mom and I had lived with my grandma in an apartment in San Francisco, and I happened to be at my aunt's house when she passed. When I was seven years old, my grandma told me what happened. It was a vague description so as not to scare me, but I remember having a dreamlike visual of what happened in the apartment that day. Even though I wasn't there, I mentioned how my mom had gotten up to make coffee when she collapsed, but my grandmother had never told me that. I can still see it perfectly. Then my aunt passed away when I was in junior high, and I was struggling. I was at the shopping mall in Daly City with my best friend. We both saw her. We both saw my aunt months after she passed, with her dark hair, tan coat, and her out-of-date clothes at a short distance from us. We looked at each other and ran after her and chased her around a corner and she was gone. I know I saw her. My friend said she saw her too. We never really spoke of it much after that, and I truly believe she was just checking up on me. My next story happens just before Halloween, 1992. I was 18 years old. I had been out and stayed at my friend's house. I had a dream that night about my grandma. The next morning on Halloween, my grandma's favorite holiday, at my friend's house, her mom's house phone rang, and I said out loud to all of us standing in the kitchen, 
that's going to be my aunt telling me my grandma died. She answered the phone, and sure enough, that's what it was. My grandma had gotten up to get dressed and had a stroke. She was on life support, and she was gone before I got home. She didn't die in her sleep. She had been awake when she died. Yet I still dreamed and knew she passed before she passed, and I felt at ease with it. My mom's other sister and I flew to Colorado to bury my grandma in a family burial area. After the service, we were at the cemetery, and we were walking with family, pointing out family graves. We stopped at one, and my aunt told me this was her cousin Hetty's grave, who died when she was ten years old. She was looking at me, and then at the grave, and then me, and I was like, what? She asked if I felt anything. I looked at her like she was crazy. Then she told me when I was about two and a half, when my mom and I and all her sisters were there in that cemetery for my grandpa's funeral, and they were standing in front of Hetty's grave, I started yelling, I died, I died, stomping on the grave. They were so freaked out they ran back to the car and left me standing there and had to argue over who was going to go back to get the screaming toddler. Then my aunt told me, on the way home, back then, we passed the hospital where Hetty died. And I pointed out the window and said again, I died, I died. They were all completely freaked out because at that age I wouldn't have even known that was a hospital. I don't remember anything about it. They thought I was a reincarnation of Hetty. I never had any other experience regarding her but those really stuck with me. Thanks for letting me share. Book of the Dead is a Ghost Story Guys production, narrated by Brennan Store. For access to the entire Book of the Dead archive, ad-free, Head to patreon.com slash ghoststoryguys.